You know that number, 416-870-6400-STAR-640 on cell. Lines are open on the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour. We are ready to rock you right between the eyes. It's all about your employment, your job, your lack of employment, your severance offer, your workplace rights, your boss, your your supervisor, all that stuff. You have questions or comments, bring them on. Lior here to answer all your questions over the next hour. Uh, emails as well, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We will get to the severance pay calculator and a whole slew of topics and interesting stuff this hour. We start every show, every week of the week. That was Lior. What's going on, my friend? Hey, John, and I, I said uh, last week on the show that uh, I'm coming into the busy season, the fall. It's yep. really busy at our office, a lot of calls. Well, certainly, uh, uh, you know, it's, if we started the, the week or the, today and, and on Monday, man, what a busy day it was. A lot of people calling us with questions about their job. Uh, some people that have lost their jobs wanted to know their rights. Yeah, a lot of, you know, terminations happen often on a Friday, so a lot of people that lost their jobs on the Friday gave us a call. And we're here to do the same thing right now till 8 o'clock. If you lost your job or you have any problems at work, you're concerned about your job, take advantage. We are right here till 8 o'clock for no other reason other than to help you and answer your questions. So give us a call. Let's chat about it. Let's, let's solve some problems right now. And to start us off uh, and get us uh, ready, let me tell you about a couple situations that I saw uh, over the past few days. First situation, John, involved a lady that worked in a plant, and she had worked full-time hours for some four years. A few months ago, about three or four months ago, uh, she had asked her boss if she could go down to part-time hours. She had some family commitments and responsibility and uh, decided that it would be much easier for her if she could work part-time. So she asked the employer, and sure enough, they agreed. They said, yes, you can go and work part-time. That's fine. She was very happy. She started working part-time. Things were going great. Well, uh, last week, her employer comes to her and says, we don't want you to work part-time anymore. Uh. It's not working for us. We want you to go back to the way things were. She was very upset about that. She was very happy working part-time, and she it was working with her family. She planned her uh, uh, family responsibilities on that basis, etc. And she called me. She wanted to know, can they do that? Can they ask me to go back to the way things were? Well, John, here's the, here's the thing about it. The company did not have any obligation to reduce her to part-time. They did that really as a favor to her. But once they did that, it became a term of employment. She is now a part-time employee, which means they cannot unilaterally change it back to full-time. And this is extremely important. If a company does something, gives something to an employee, they can't then just change their mind and take it back. Once they've implemented this thing, they gave the employee something, it becomes a term of employment. So what I told her is, no, they can't do that. If they insist on it, you may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal, leave with your full severance. So she's going to be talking to them now and trying to see if they can, con- uh, they can be convinced not to switch her to part-time. But if they don't get convinced, if they insist, she'll treat that as a constructive dismissal. So there's a very important lesson there for employees. Your employer can't take away something. If, if your employer does that, you may have the option, just like this lady, to treat this as a constructive dismissal. I'm assuming that the employer probably not done with any sort of malice, but they're probably thinking, hey, we gave it to you. We can take it away. It was our call in the first place, right? That is exactly right. They're probably yeah. trying to do the right thing. What they should have done probably, John, is entered into an agreement with her that we're only doing this as long as it's convenient to us and we have right. the, agree- uh, the ability to take it back. Had they done that, it would have been a different situation. They didn't, so it's a constructive dismissal. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Patrick, welcome to the show. Good evening. Hello, how's it going? Hey, Patrick. Uh, it's going okay. What's going on with you? 
Uh, not too bad. I'm caught in the uh, precarious situation where I'm looking to leave my company by the end of the year. Mm. And uh, the biggest situation that I have on my plate at the moment is that he has me delivering unmarked eggs of blood from a slaughterhouse to his parents' place. Uh, uh, at the very beginning of uh, my employment, he had me doing this uh, basically on a w- monthly basis. And after our inspectors had found out, he had changed his tune a little bit, and I've been noticing it's been going on my track about every two months. Uh, lately, this has been actually getting on my nerves, and I've started making documentations and uh, taking pictures, and he has done this twice in the same week. And I'm ho- wondering if I can have a, a destruct- uh, constructive dismissal or even hmm. a human rights lawsuit. So, just so I understand, you're not supposed to be taking the, these these bags of blood, the delivery? Like, wh- what's the specific um, concern about them? The specific concern is that um, as I'm supposed to, or I'm not really supposed to be pu- uh, putting this on my truck. Uh, inspectors are my supervisors telling me not to let inspectors and see it. Wow. And oh, it's 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 a health it it's time. a health thing, right? Yeah, it's a health and safety regulation. It's a I got it. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay, good. So, to the extent that this is something that you're not supposed to be doing, it's not, uh, it's not something that it's in accordance with regulations, etc. Yes, he absolutely can't make you do something like that. It's it's a health and safety thing, so he can't. It's it's actually wrong for you to be able to to transfer these things. So, it absolutely would be a constructive dismissal if your employer is asking you to do something that's either uh, unsafe, illegal, whatever you want to call it. So, yes, uh, I think you're in a situation where you can talk to your boss and tell him, I'm not going to do this anymore. Uh, you know, I'm not, I don't have the permit or it's not approved by the inspector, whatever it is. And if he still insists, then, yes, you may be in a position to treat this as a constructive dismissal and leave with severance. How long have you been there for? I've been here for about a, month, a year and a half. And how old are you, Patrick? I'm 30 years old. So someone in your situation, probably right around two and a half, three months pays what I would assess you at. So that's yeah. what's at stake for you. So if your employer is insisting on putting you in this situation and you can't get them to back off of it, then give me a call and I'll help you make sure that we can pursue this. I don't want you quitting, though, before you and I speak off air. Okay. Makes sense. Thanks, Patrick. That number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 855 We'll get to more of your calls. I'll see you there. Brandon, hang on, pal. We'll get to you as well. You want to call in, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We are just getting warmed up. It's the Employment Hour, Monday night edition, talk radio, AM 640. That is the number, <clears throat> pardon me, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, or Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Right back to it. Brandon, thank you for hanging through the break. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you very much. Good. What's your concern, pal? Yes. Uh, Speaking from an employer's perspective, I wanted to know, I have a, uh, I need some extra help at my business, but we're not in a position to offer, you know, a stable uh, additional part-timer until next year. Can I join into a independent contractor relationship with uh, a candidate? So, for example, well, no, not really. The reason for that is because someone is either an employee or a contractor. You calling them a contractor doesn't make them a contractor. You can hire someone on a part-time basis. There will still be an employee. The problem with calling someone an independent contractor where in in reality, in the eyes of the law, they're an employee – is that if you if you ever get audited, uh, CRA is going to say, well, wait a second, this guy really was an employee, and then there may be fines, penalties, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you don't have the ability to hire someone full-time, why not perhaps hire an employee 
hard time. You don't have to offer benefits. You don't have to offer uh, anything to an employee from a legal standpoint. The only thing you have to do is pay at least minimum wage and uh, deduct taxes and remit those to the government. So if that would be the safest thing. If you're going to really hire an employee but call them a contractor, you're exposing yourself to some risk, Brandon. Uh, does that make sense? Um, it does. Um, so you're saying even if I were to offer them, let's say, flexibility in hours, so I would say I don't need you on a stable shift schedule, but I need you know 20 hours of administrative support for the next three months. Uh, that doesn't change the picture, even if there's like flexibility, if uh, if they can you know provide this on a temporary basis for me. You would still be taking a risk. A risk in that situation and the problem then is again if they're coming to you and work from you under your direction hours that, that that you decide on in the eyes of the law they're probably an employee and the concern here is you call them something that they're not listen you may be able to get away with it so to speak you may never get audited i, I i've known companies that, that have done this for many years okay. my concern is if you if you do get audited that there's a risk there so it's a question of what's your risk tolerance Hiring them on a part-time basis as an employee may be the safest thing to do here. Okay, because my only one of my issues was um, I I wasn't sure about this candidate. So can I, if I bring them on as an employee, as you're suggesting, can I stretch out the probation period, you know, to like three months to give me enough time? Three months sounds normal, you know. That's, that is normal. absolutely. And, so you can, yeah, you can and, and so cost. here's what you do. First of all, is, is a word of advice here, Brandon. Never, ever, ever hire an employee full-time, part-time without a proper employment agreement. So I can put together an employment agreement for you that was going to have a probationary period and also it's going to have give you flexibility in terms of hours that you can change and in terms of what you have to pay them if ever you let them go. So if you do that, you minimize any risk and cost. So you do that properly. You hire them with a properly written employment agreement and, and that's your best protection. That's your best case scenario and you don't get into any problems with CRA down the road. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate that. Moving forward, you need, uh, like Lior said, he can draft that very simply. one 821 5900 We're talking about that employment contract. So we'll get to it here before we move on to our topic, and that is severance pay calculator. Love to talk about this one, pal. Well, John, it's uh, it, it's such an important tool. It's an important tool always, but certainly this time of year, as, as I was saying uh, you know, recently, this is the time, unfortunately, where employers make changes in the workplace, restructuring, cost-cutting at the end of the year. Uh, they're setting their budgets for the next year, and, and unfortunately, some people are going to be victims of this restructuring. So if that happens to you, you need to know how much you are owed. What do you do? You can call me anytime, no problem. But if you want to find out instantaneously, you go to severancepaycalculator.com. you find out right there and then how much you are owed. It's free. It's easy to use. Uh, it's anonymous. You don't have to put in your name, your phone number, any of that. It's only there for your information. You answer three questions on severancepaycalculator.com, and you find out exactly how many weeks or months pay you are owed. First place you go to is there. You can always call me as well. But it's a, it's a great tool, even if you're just curious or worried about your job, severancepaycalculator.com. 
Lior at employmenthour.com. By the way, you want to reach out Lior by email outside of show hours anytime. Phone lines are wide open. Got a question about your employment, about severance, what would happen, how much would it be? Give us a call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale right until 8 o'clock tonight. Back here Wednesday as well at 7 o'clock. So how to deal with criticism, discipline, and bad performance reviews. We will pick up where we left off on this one. First, when should an employer take measures to deal, an employer, to deal with a problem employee? Well, John, you know, getting disciplined is is not something that anyone obviously enjoys, and it's something that can impact people significantly. If all of a sudden you, you, you've done something wrong or your employer alleges that you've done something wrong and, and you've gotten a bad performance review, uh, you're now being put on performance improvement plan. So we want to talk about what that means and how that works and continuing our discussion from last week on that topic. So first of all, uh, you know, to, to, to kind of rehash, an employer should discipline always if and when an employee does something that's inconsistent with the employer's expectations, the employer's rules, uh, and, and something that the employer is, th- does not condone. So if the employer observes that the employee does something that is not allowed, something that the employee was told not to do, that's when the employer should discipline. It has to be something objective, something that the employee should, be, should know that is unacceptable. Uh, if the employee had no idea... Uh, that they shouldn't be doing something or they were never told that this is not allowed, then discipline would not be appropriate. But if the employee knew or should have known, that's exactly when you discipline uh, and that's when you try to engage in corrective behavior so that the improvement, so that the behavior improves and that you can uh, continue to have a productive employee. So that's when an employer, John, should discipline. So again, from the standpoint of the employer, what are, we'll say, the corrective measures that they can use, what's available to them? And too many employers oftentimes jump the gun, so to speak, jump yeah. jump the queue, if, if you know what I mean, in that yeah. the employee does something wrong and they the employee immediately engages in, in harsh punishment, even a termination for cause. So let, let's start with, with, with the last punishment, which is a termination for cause. That is reserved for the worst offenders. So it's not enough for the employer to show that the employee did something wrong in order to, to terminate for cause. That's the ultimate punishment reserved for the worst offender. So if the employer, if the employee did something horrible and it's repeated and then you've tried to fix the problem, that's when you resort to that, that ultimate punishment. But there's other measures that are available, uh, and those should be engaged in before the employer considers a termination for cause. So we can start off with a warning, be it a verbal warning, uh, escalating to a, a written warning. There's also the option of putting someone on a performance improvement plan. There are suspensions, which are, are uh, of course, reserved for more serious offenses. Of course, those would have to be paid suspensions. Uh, an unpaid suspension usually would be a constructive dismissal, so that would not be appropriate. But you can do a paid suspension. And in some situations, you can even do a disciplinary demotion. You may even be able to demote someone in very serious matters as a disciplinary uh, uh, tool. So if that happens, you, you know now you have these tools, warnings, uh, performance improvement plans, suspensions, demotions. Don't jump the gun. Don't go beyond what's appropriate and uh, jump straight to a termination for cause. That's how wrongful dismissals happen, John. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale to call in, ask some questions. We are talking about dealing with criticism, discipline, bad performance reviews on both the side of the employer and the employee. So now that you've got these corrective measures uh, intact, say the employee agrees, all right, there's a legitimate reason for corrective measure. I'm with you. Uh, what should the employee do now? Well, then if, if the employee does agree, then it's, it's actually quite simple. The employee needs to do what's been asked of them to improve their performance, to improve 
uh, or, or to stop engaging in the conduct that was inappropriate. And they should make it known that, yes, got the message, read it loud and clear, and I'm going to do what I need to do. Uh, no point fight the, fighting the employer on situations where you agree that what you've done was wrong and you agree with how your employer has uh, characterized your behavior. So if your employer says you did something wrong, you agree with it, there's nothing that they're embellishing, just tell them, okay, got it, we'll improve, right. Make do what you need to do to improve, and hopefully that no longer becomes an issue, John. Let's bounce over to the uh, phones as we always do. David, good, uh, good evening. How are you, David? Oh, I'm great, guys. Uh, as always, enjoy the show. Got a question Thank you, for you. Yep. Lior, about your um, severance pay calculator. Yes. Uh, one thing that confuses me. So if the government says mm-hmm. uh, minimum two weeks right? And, and somebody calculates and you say, no, you should be getting two months. I'm just pulling numbers out of the yep. air here. Um, and you go to the employer, and they say, well, I'm just not paying. I, I only have to pay two weeks. And uh, how often do you have to go to court, and do you always win? Or does the employer sometimes only have to pay the two weeks or something? It's an excellent call. It's an excellent call. It's a very important call because I'm sure a lot of our listeners are wondering the exact same thing. So let me answer that. So when you see two weeks on the government website, those are not your full entitlements. Those are your minimum entitlements, which are only a portion of what your full entitlements are. Your full entitlements are entitlements that have been established over many, many years by our courts based on a person's age, position, and length of employment. So here's the key, David. It's not for you up to your employer to decide whether they want to pay you two weeks or four weeks or something else. The law takes care of that for us. The law makes that decision. So if the law says that someone uh, gets eight weeks pay or eight months pay or what have you, that's what the employer has to pay. Because of that, as soon as the employer gets legal advice, their legal advice is going to be, yeah, you have to pay it. So that's why these matters tend to resolve very quickly, and we rarely have to go to court. When we have to go to court, it's because there's matters that are more complicated. There's contracts in play. There's maybe allegations of cause. There's maybe harassment or discrimination issues. It's almost never to decide how much severance someone should get. That's straightforward. So the employer doesn't get to say, well, I only want to pay the minimum. Great. I'm glad that's what you want to pay, but it's not up to you. So when you use the severance pay calculator, David, that tells you what your full entitlements are, what the law says you should have in terms of your full entitlements, and that is exactly what the employer has to pay. Does that make sense? Well, then I I would throw back at you this. Then why is the government just saying two weeks? Why aren't they saying to people... You're right. You're nailing it on the head, David. You're nailing it. And we've talked about this literally hundreds of times over the years. In fact, I've actually sued the government on behalf of clients that got the wrong advice and accepted inadequate severance. The reason they do that is they feel their obligation is only to tell someone about the minimums. That's wrong. I think that's nonsense. That's ridiculous because that's misleading. But they're the government and I'm not, and they can do it, and, and at this point I haven't been able to stop them. But you're absolutely right. They, they shouldn't be doing that at all. Every day people contact the Ministry of Labor and they accept inadequate severance because they get the wrong information. That is absolutely wrong. And the reason we're doing this show is to educate people so that people don't make that mistake. So you, you, you have a very important call, David, and thank you very much for it. That's exactly. That's exactly. He's echoed what so many people say. Why do they tell? And it would be something that the government saying, you know, you, you're according to us, it's two weeks, but you, you might have other entitlements. Seek legal advice. That's all they got to say. That's it. How, that's how it. long did it take you? Three <laughs> seconds to say that? Right. That's all it takes, and that's yeah. all they would need to do, but they don't do that. And people like David and others get misled, and that's unfortunate. 
Again, severancepaycalculator.com. You'll want to check it out for yourself. Like David mentioned, we'll take a short break right back to your phone calls after that. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. You can email Lior as well, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com, and reach him outside of show hours as well, one 855 And we'll get to uh, Jack here. Jack, thanks for hanging in. How are you? Good evening. Yes, hey, good Jack. evening. Hi. Um, actually, I called on on behalf of my son who just arrived, and uh, he might he, he may want to explain things uh, in his own words, if you don't mind. Sure, pass sure. it over. Hey, Lior, thanks for having me on your show. Uh, no problem, thank you. So I was uh, headhunted for a position uh, to the company I just I was just working at. I've been working. I was working here for a year and a half. I yep. just got a uh, a package. Mm-hmm. that uh, offered me a two-week severance, and if I was to sign within five days, it would give me another two weeks. Right. I didn't sign, and uh, instead I got a, a lawyer involved, and I've been waiting now uh, just over a month for a response from the opposing side, and and my lawyer feels, uh, I feel a little brushed off by the company. The, the lawyer feels, I don't know what he's feeling. I'm not sure what he's doing, but I, I don't know. Uh, the other side are uh, just a bunch of litigators, and they're, and I don't. We're just waiting for their response, and I'm not sure if this is the right time or if we're if uh, if there's something else that I should be doing or my lawyer should be doing. But uh, I know that accepting a package of that, you know, that small was maybe not worth it, or maybe it was. But what what do you guys think? Okay. Well, first of all, what kind of a job? What were you doing? So I worked on Bay Street uh, for a fintech company. Okay. The manager. Okay. And yeah. And, and how old are you? I'm 34. 34. Okay. So. And then the job that you were recruited from, how long did you work there for? I worked at the company for four and a half years. Yeah. But that specific job there, I worked there for two and a half years. But you were with that company for four and a half years. So if, in fact, you can show that you were recruited away from the other company uh, and and they they came after you, weren't looking to leave, then you could certainly be looking at a severance package north of six months, even as high as eight months pay. Uh, No question. Now, one of the key documents here to review would be any employment agreement that you signed with the new company a year and a half ago. I would want to see if they had a termination uh, clause in there, if they had a probationary clause. Those are things that may impact the value of your case. But frankly, even if you're only a a one-and-a-half-year employee uh, and, and you don't get credit for the past service, you'd still be getting a heck of a lot more than four weeks. So now, it is always the strategy initially to send a demand letter to the other company. Certainly for them not to respond for a a month unless there is a reason would be not not good and it would be something your lawyer needs to do something about. Now, if it's one of those things where they've heard back but the decision maker was on holidays because the summer just ended and he's just back now, fine. But if, if it's one of those things where they've just ignored you, then you have to start a claim for wrongful dismissal. You're wasting your time if you're just sitting there waiting. So, you know, the devil's in the details. I'd have to know more as to why they haven't responded. Has there been any contact? Was the response promised? Have they missed deadlines? Those types of things. Uh, but, you know, if you want my, my second opinion specifically in your matter and to look at what's, what's been sent, happy to do that. But those are my general thoughts. And, and if there's no response forthcoming, you have to start a claim. You can't wait any longer. Thank you. 
Makes sense. Thanks, pal. And moving ahead, it's uh, 1-855-821-5900. And as uh, we wait for uh, more of your calls at 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, we are dealing with criticism, discipline, and bad performance reviews. The next point is if the employee does not agree. We talked about if they do agree, but if they do not agree that the discipline is fair, now what do they do? And this is the key. This is where the, the money is actually quite literally. Right. Uh, if your employer is going to start imposing discipline, and if you don't agree with it, so what I mean is they've said you've done something and you don't think you did or you don't agree with it. Or they're complaining about your performance, but there's a reason. that It's not it's not exactly as they've said or someone else was involved. Then what you cannot do is you cannot be silent. You cannot be considered to have accepted it. If you say nothing and do nothing in, in the face of a, 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 discip- a discipline, a bad performance review, or a performance improvement plan, you're considered to have accepted it. What I want you to do in, instead is say exactly in writing why you disagree with it. Send an email saying, employer, you've told me that I've done this. Here's why that's not accurate. Here's what actually happened. Put your position in writing. Don't make it easier on the employer to try to build up a case. Usually when your employer is starting to impose discipline, they're trying to build up a case to potentially down the road let you go for cause, i.e. without any compensation. You don't want to allow them to do that. So respond in writing, uh, because if you, you don't respond and then later when they do let you go, you want to say, hey, you know, a year ago when you told me I had this bad performance, I don't agree with that. Well, that's going to be very difficult to argue about something that you're considered to have accepted. So never accept a bad performance improvement plan, or a bad performance review, unless you agree with it. If you don't agree with it, say so, put it in writing, and never, ever uh, stop, stop doing that. Never, ever avoid doing that. That is the number lines wide open, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. If you haven't checked it out yet, uh, severance pay calculator. Find out exactly what your severance amount should be. Dealing with criticism, discipline, and bad performance reviews. So if a person doesn't do anything, talking about an employee now, even though they disagree that they did anything wrong, what can happen? Yeah, that that's when the problems start because yeah. if you're, as I was saying before, if you're not going to say anything and you got bad performance reviews, then yeah, the law would consider you to have accepted it. And and if you've accepted it, down the road, if you lose your job, it's going to be more difficult to argue that there's no cause. So silence is the same as acceptance. It's the same concept that we, we see in constructive dismissal situations. If your employer imposes a change, uh, so let's say they reduce your pay and you don't do anything about it, just continue working, that doing nothing is acceptance. You've accepted it, and by accepting it, now you've created problems for yourself. So that's the, the main thing I want people to take out of this discussion, is that you can't just ignore bad performance reviews if you don't agree with them. Again, if you agree with them, if it's all legit and above board, yeah, no problem. You don't need to do anything. But if it's not legitimate, or it's not that it's not legitimate, it's just not fully accurate, there's another side to the story. Well, tell that side, okay? Put it in writing. And if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. If you put it in writing, you're going to put yourself in a much better uh, position down the road if, in fact, your employment is terminated to argue that, no, no, this is not cause. I am owed my full severance. So follow that advice always, always. Under this topic or any other this evening, we're talking about your severance, losing your job. You just started off a job. You're on probation. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale up to around 8 o'clock. You can uh, you can give us a call. So now criticism, discipline, bad performance reviews. Obviously, these situations can be extremely uh, you know, stressful on a person. And I know people have called you and done this before or thought about doing it. Should they go on some sort of medical leave? 
Well, obviously, if, if you're now in a situation, and I've seen this so many times, more than I can count, where because your employer is essentially picking on you and they're saying you've done this wrong and this wrong and performance improvement plan on the one hand and, and yeah. negative review on the other, well, it's going to start impacting people, and it's going to start impacting people's stress level and eventually their health. So if it's a situation where now you can't sleep, you can't eat, and your stress levels are through the roof, yeah, you may want to talk to your doctor and see if it makes sense to take time off work. I'm not a doctor, but if your doctor agrees and believes that that's the case, then yeah, that's what you should do. What I don't want you to do is to say, well, I think they're about to let me go, so I'm going to take time off work and, and I'll try to avoid that. I'll, I'll yeah. try to kind of game the system, so to speak, by, well, I'm just not going to be there and then they can't let me go. Well, that's not actually going to do anything. That's not going to solve the problem. Uh, you know, if they're going to, if your employer's going to let you go, they're going to end up doing it when you come back from your your absence. So that doesn't solve anything. But certainly, if in a situation, especially when your employer is just picking on you, if you go on a medical leave, that that, that if it's impacted you that that much, it could be qualified or classified as workplace harassment. You're being harassed now, and it's impacting your health. That could be a constructive dismissal alone. So if, if you are you think you're being targeted by your employer if you think they're they're just trying to push you maybe they're trying to get you to quit by making your life miserable that's when you need to stay, take a step back and give me a call we need to discuss it we may be able to get you out of that poison environment with compensation but it starts with giving me a call so say an employee has been given some sort of baseline discipline they've been given a warning uh, but the employer's still not happy with them or what they're doing does that mean now they can be let go for cause no and, and that's exactly where a lot of employers think so, you know, I warned uh, John, uh, and he did it again. Well, now clearly I have cause. Well, no, that's still jumping the gun, jumping the queue. In most situations, uh, even if the employee is disciplined, they should be disciplined again and even again. I would say usually about three forms of discipline before a termination for cause can be considered. Remember, termination for cause, John, is the worst punishment for the worst offenders, and you can't get there through a shortcut. You have to build your way up there. We'll get to uh, Juan here before we take a break. Hey, Juan, good evening. Hi, good evening. Uh, I have a quick question. Uh, uh, by the way, thank you for the show. This is very informative and, no, I appreciate uh, and helpful it. to all of us. Okay, so I, I have been working for this company for five years. I uh, just uh, handed in my resignation. I don't know if it's a full resignation because I just sent an email saying that uh, to take it as it my, um, my formal resignation. So the company uh, basically sent an email to everyone saying, saying that I had resigned, and they proceeded to cut my my access to the building and to the into the network. So my question is: Is that termination? Is is that uh, how do how, how do I go about that? Right. Now, were you giving them notice of resignation in the future, or were you saying I'm resigning effective immediately? No, I said I, I will take take this as, as my two week notice. So that was okay. that I, and as I prepare my, my formal uh, resignation letter. Right. Okay. So if you told them, okay, I'm resigning two weeks from now, and they effectively ended the relationship immediately, then yes, it's a termination, but they only owe you the two weeks. Unfortunately, they're not going to owe you more than that, but they owe you for the two weeks that you were going to work. They can't just say, well, you're going to resign two weeks from now, so you're gone today, and we don't have to pay you. So they owe you two weeks' pay. Now, what I would propose you do is contact them and say, I want my two weeks pay. If they won't give it to you, 
let me know and I'll be able to help you to get that. I'll send a letter on your behalf and get that resolved. But yes, Juan, they owe you two weeks pay because you were going to work for that two weeks. They can't just decide to end it without paying you for that time. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Appreciate that, Juan. Your phone calls as well coming up after a uh, short break. One more, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We'll get to your phone calls to wrap it up here. Another edition of the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640. And wasting no time getting right back to your phone calls. Azza, good evening. Hi, John and Leo. How are you guys? Good, pal. What's going on with you? All right, great show as always. Um, Quick question. Um, So I'm actually talking. Sorry, start again, Azza. You broke up there. Try it again. Rights are when it comes to an employee using their cell phone excessively during office hours, like mm. there has been, like so the basically how the company is structured is that there's the owner and then it's me and there are several employees under me, like three of them. Uh, two are easy to manage but one of them which happens to be a very sharp person. But at the same time there is this excessive use of cell phone right. during work hours. Is it something that you could put in a contract or like I don't want to so, so here's, here's what you do uh, absolutely so, so the, the first thing you want to do is you want to have clear policies as to what's acceptable and what's not so you need to have something in writing but it's not enough that you have it and you keep it in a drawer somewhere you want the employees to know about it so you want to give copies to the employees of whatever the policies you've established you want to talk to them about it so that there's no question about what they're allowed to do and what they're not now once you've done that and if the employee breaks the policy they're using the cell phone too much when they're they're not supposed to be that's when you need to start disciplining so you're going to start with a warning for a first offense another warning for a second offense you may consider a suspension for a third offense and if they still do it then you may want to consider even a termination so you start with the policy you communicate the policy and then you impose discipline progressively to improve the behavior that's the way to do it, and if you need help implementing a policy like that or to provide a disciplinary letter, a warning letter, give me a call. I can help you, uh, but you can't ignore it. You can't just let people get away with stuff and then later on say, wait a second, you shouldn't have done that. So you need for right from the beginning to manage those, those issues. So would, would that then be uh, an employee handbook, I guess, for, for policy? Yeah. It could be in the handbook, in a manual, or it could be on its own. So it's whatever you want. There's no magic to that, but you have to have something in writing that's given to the employee so that they know exactly what's expected of them. Thank you for your call. As in, Michael, we'll get to you finally in the last few minutes here. How are you? Hey, Michael. Hello? Hey, Michael. How are you? Hello. Good. Are you? Go ahead. Good. So question, in my company, working for, for 14 years, and uh, they decide to uh, let me go. So that's my uh, do. Um, how much do I have recourse or what? Sure. Now, did they offer you any severance? They they did they did they just uh, walked me out the door and uh, said uh, we let you go and uh, that's right. it. Now, uh, what kind of a job? What were you doing, Michael? A uh, sales salesman. Sales. And, and how old are you? Am I 45? So someone in your situation would be looking at at least a year's pay, okay? At least 12 months' pay. Now, unless you've done something that's so bad that allows them to let you go without any compensation. So if you did something horrible, terrible, 
then mm-hmm. maybe it's a different situation. Otherwise, yeah. you're owed right around a year's pay, and you would be wrongfully dismissed. Because we're out of time now on the show, Michael, I want you to give me a call at the office as soon as possible. John here is going to give you the number in just a sec. Call me. Let's talk about exactly what happened, get all the details, and I'll help you get that year's compensation. Okay? It's very important. We need to speak. Michael, that number as we uh, wrap it up here is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. For email, it's Lior L I O R at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't used it, checked it out. Just uh, take a run through, see what you think. Severancepaycalculator.com. Find out exactly what your severance should be. Till next time, which is Wednesday, right here, same time, seven o'clock. More of the employment hour at that time, right here. Talk radio, AM six forty.